Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. It's time for the Newsmax Daily from Newsmax, America's fastest-growing cable news channel. Now, now, here's your host, Rob Carson. September the 1st, 2021. Hello and welcome to the show. Uh, just so much to get to, so little time. Uh, it's been really busy today, so I'm running uh, just a couple minutes late, putting it all together, uh, digesting all of the stories that happened overnight and uh, and the reaction to it, and we've got all of that coming up on the show. Uh, theme of the show really today is the entire world knows that Joe Biden's wrong, but he insists on uh, saying he's right. And if anybody in their right mind knows... And, and including the major news media, although there are some, uh, you know, some uh, MSNBC, they're never going to stop towing the, the party line. But everybody knows, all of uh, people who've been in the military, uh, unless you are a complete tool and have no idea what you're talking about, you know that this was a gigantic strategic blunder. You know that this was the biggest embarrassment in the history of our country. You know that by turning over Afghanistan to the Taliban and uh, their affiliates, and giving them $85 billion worth of equipment. Of course, there's at least one uh, water-carrying news uh, media outlet. Says, oh, he's only $30 billion worth of stuff. Okay, think about the Taliban real quick here and think about how long it would ha- take them to come up with $30 billion worth of stuff. Okay, <clears throat> there were places this, this could go. There is a resistance in the northern part of Afghanistan. And, and maybe some of the equipment had gone there or we just blew the stuff up. We also didn't leave, need to leave them pallets of $100 bills, which is, it started with the Obama administration. Apparently, we like to leave. leave just, you know, listen, government, just real quick, just real quick. If you want to leave like a pallet of $100 bills in my basement, I am all over it. And I promise I will never commit an act of terror. But for some odd reason, we love to give uh, big old pallets of uh, $100 bills, and we love to give uh, lots of deadly equipment to the uh, the Taliban. Oh, by the way, and here's what they say. This is according to the UK Daily Mail, which I love. Uh, the Taliban now has 48 aircraft, including American-supplied Black Hawks and A-29 attack planes after Afghan armies collapsed, left them with more air power than many NATO nations. Okay, that on top of hundreds of thousands of uh, millions of rounds of ammunition, uh, all sorts of bazookas, uh, drones, MRAPs, uh, Hummers, lots of Hummers. You know, uh, who doesn't love a Hummer? Anyway, um, I used to drive. I used to drive one actually. Uh, yeah, I had one a few years ago, but that went away. My wife made that go away. My Hummer. Anyway, uh, but that uh, you know that aside, there's much to get to, much audio to get to. This just in. On Tuesday, Reuters uh, uh, obtained leaked transcripts of Biden's final call with Asraf Ghani, the now departed president of Afghanistan, who left with four cars and a helicopter full of cash, 160, at least 160 million dollars. Which, you know, I mean, that's that's a retirement salary for a government official in uh, in Afghanistan, right? Anyway, before the Taliban completed their overthrow of the country, here's what the, here's what it said. Now, you know, that the, the State Department is uh, and the intelligence community is turning against you and finds no more use in you then they they leak something like this 
Uh, Ghani communicated how serious the situation was, saying the country was undergoing an assault from a full-scale invasion of about 10 to 15,000 international terrorists. He also explained that the Taliban had full logistical support and planning courtesy of Pakistan. Biden paid no attention. It's not because he was sleeping like he was with the prime minister of Israel the other day. He was awake, I guess. He pressured the then president to create a perception that the Taliban hadn't been advancing at such a rapid pace, whether it's true or not. I need not tell you the perception around the world and in parts of Afghanistan, I believe, is that things are not going well in terms of the fight against the Taliban. And there is a need, whether it is true or not, there is a need to project a different picture. Biden then offered Ghani U.S. military aid, including air support, if he agreed to lie about the situation on the ground. This sounds a lot like quid pro quo, doesn't it? You know, stop investigating my son and his involvement in, uh, in uh, Burisma, or we're going to take a billion dollars from you. Biden said in the phone call, you clearly have the best military. You have 300,000 well-armed forces versus 70 to 80,000. They're clearly capable of fighting well. We will continue uh, to uh, provide close air support if we know that the, uh, what the plan is and what we are doing, he said. But I really think, I don't know if you're aware, just how much the perception around the world is that this is looking like a losing proposition, which it is not, not that it is necessary, uh, necessarily is that. Here's the deal. Biden's administration recognized on this date, this was in uh, July 23rd, that Afghanistan was falling because of their policies. They had announced an August 31st withdrawal and they decided to do it early and close down Bagram and basically let it fall. And basically let it fall and then do a victorious withdrawal from the country. It was our choice to leave. Basically, Biden was saying, we're going to get our asses handed to us. And so let's go ahead and pull everybody out. That's why they pulled the military out first. The Afghan president refused the shameless offer. Less than a month after the call, Ghani fled the presidential palace in Kabul and the government that U.S. forces had built over the past 20 years had fallen. Joe Biden surrendered and covered his surrender by saying it was a glorious withdrawal to get us out of the country. That's what happened, kids. <laughs> That's what happened. Woke General Mark Milley also uh, pressured Ghani after he refused the first time in a follow-up phone call later that same day. He said the perception of the United States in Europe and the media sort of thing is a narrative of Taliban momentum and a narrative of Taliban victory. And we need to collectively demonstrate and try to turn that perception, that narrative around. Boy, what a great general he is. I mean, he's like another uh, Ike, you know, he's another Patton. Patton Oswald, maybe. <laughs> there you go. In the months leading up to the nightmare Afghanistan evacuation, Biden was telling the public that the withdrawal would be done smoothly and the Washington's Afghan's allies were in control when they weren't. The newly uncovered transcripts confirmed that this was never the case. Biden attempting to coerce Ghani to downplay the Taliban advances just proves that he and the State Department had been lying about the crisis in Afghanistan from the beginning. From the beginning. His regime has uh, repeatedly claimed that nobody could have known the country would fall into terrorist hands. Biden even reiterated that lie in his address on Tuesday. They knew it. <laughs> they knew it. Biden is in, and his anti-American regime knew that the situation was unstable, but decided to plow ahead with the worst foreign policy debacle in American history anyways. So it was a military and strategic defeat and Biden decided to cover it with, I'm ending the war. That's what happened. That's what it's all about.
left wing. That's what happened. Don't you just want to just take a shower now? Just just hose off any thought of Joe Biden. Well, that sounded weird. Here is uh, Joe Biden with his victory dance yesterday. Last night in Kabul, the United States ended 20 years of war in Afghanistan. The longest war in American history. We completed one of the biggest airlifts in history with more than 120,000 people evacuated to safety. And we left a whole lot of people behind. That number is more than double what most experts thought were possible. No nation, no nation has ever done anything like it in all of history. Nobody has scrambled to cover their butts like this country did this time. It's historical. The only the United States had the capacity and the will and ability to do it, and we did it today. This is why he does his uh, he does his pressers in the afternoon because he starts to lose it in the evening, and he's completely incoherent at night. I'm, I'm not I'm not kidding. That's what happens with uh, people who have dementia. Here he is uh, doing a little slurry, a little slurry yesterday. What most experts thought were possible. No nation, no nation has ever done anything like it in all of history. The only the United States had the capacity and the will and ability to do it, and we did it today. The extraordinary success of this mission was due to the... Wow, he's the only person saying it's an extraordinary success. Incredible skill, bravely. Bravely, bravely. Thank you for your bravely. Selfless courage of the United States military and our diplomats and intelligence professionals. For weeks. Yeah, bye. Wow. This is our president. Um, unbelievable. And uh, honestly, it's, it's a gigantic, a gigantic, gigantic insult to everybody who served, everybody who died, everybody who came back injured, every Gold Star family, every patriotic American. Uh, here he is uh, saying, you know, hey, listen, we we, we might have left 10% of Americans there, but, you know, we'll we'll go get them. We'll, we'll go get them. We probably should have gotten them out before, before we pulled out the military and had to send 6,000 troops back in to scramble to create this, you know, to try to cover our rear ends because of all the chaos and the people falling out of the planes and the people being crushed and shot to death right outside the airport and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, we'll get those 10% eventually. Yeah, you know what? I, like today, they haven't even thought about it. Bottom line, 90% of Americans in Afghanistan who wanted to leave were able to leave. And for those remaining Americans, there is no deadline. We remain nope, only dead. committed to get them out if they want to come out. Secretary of State Blinken is leading the continued diplomatic efforts to ensure safe passage. Yes, Secretary of State Blinken. Yes, he's ready. For any American, Afghan partner or foreign national who wants to leave Afghanistan. Okay, well, here's the problem. Uh, about a week ago, maybe uh, maybe two weeks ago, you, you said this to George Stephanopoulos about getting everybody out before we do a hasty retreat. Americans should understand that troops might have to be there beyond August 31st. No, Americans should understand that we're going to try to get it done before August 31st. But if we don't, the troops will if stay. If we don't, we'll determine at the time who's left. The only successful pullout. No, this didn't even happen, actually. I was going to say the only successful pullout Joe Biden has ever had is his head out of his rear end. But that hasn't happened yet. And? And if there are American forces, if there's American citizens left, we're going to stay till we get them all out. Well, um, that didn't happen, did it? <laughs> that did, didn't happen. Now it's, now it's a 10%. Do you see all the things? 
Do you see all the things that are happening here? Yeah, a week ago, you had uh, what Blinken saying that we were we, we're not going to let this country fall through terrorists. It was not going to happen. And everything they promised just two weeks ago has been proven wrong. And they're thinking that the slavish media will cover it all up and everything will be cool. But I'm going to tell you, with the American people, you've really screwed the pooch. We have too much invested in this. We have too much personally invested in blood, treasure, and, 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 and just heartache and mourning. And I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a radio host. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a podcaster. I'm a TV host. I, I haven't been to Afghanistan. I haven't served. But I've been invested as a citizen to do everything I can to help for 20 years. And this is a gigantic, gigantic insult to us, to all Americans. It is an insult to the country. It is a unforgivable offense to the country, our patriotism. And we've endured much of this through all of this last year and a half, two years, with statues being torn down and, and, and cities being burned and, and classrooms uh, is striking the names of, of patriots and all of this crap and kneeling during the national anthem after 20 years. And then we were forced to watch yesterday as the Taliban held mock funerals with caskets with our flag draped over one of them, Great Britain's flag and other flags. We had to watch what we had to watch September the 11th when the Taliban went out and fired guns into the air in celebration and handed out candy to children because they killed over 3,000 people in America and yesterday we had to watch it again and yesterday wasn't the end of the war yesterday was the beginning of war because we gave it all back to them in spades and we included military equipment and we included terrorist release from prisons because Joe Biden knew he wouldn't be able to handle how to stop the Taliban outside of the gates and would rather have defeat, or not defeat, he would rather not have that defeat hung on his neck. He'd rather say, oh no, I got us out in time and, and, and we pulled out and et cetera, et cetera. All this is the giant CYA. All of this is a giant CYA. Wow. Oh, and of course, he had to bring up his son, his son Bo. And he brought up his son, Bo, with the, with the Gold Star families at Dover. It's like, Bo, this doesn't have anything to do with Bo. Bo didn't serve in Afghanistan. But he needs to show that he's compassionate because he experienced loss, too. Well, yeah, I mean, I've, I've experienced loss, too, Junior. But I'm not going to bring it up in front of a Gold Star mom who just lost her son last Thursday. Should have continued the so-called low-grade effort in Afghanistan. At low risk to our service members. Yeah, which kept it peaceful, actually. Kept it peaceful, you see, uh, during the last 18 months. No American fatalities during the last two weeks. 13 on your hands. At low cost. I don't think... Bagram, keep it open. Enough people understand how much we have asked of the 1% of this country. Oh, don't try to pay, pay tribute to the 1%. Who put that uniform on. Well, here we go. Willing to put their lives on the line in defense of our nation. Yeah, you weren't. Maybe it's because my deceased son, Bo, served in Iraq for a full year. Before that. It's not about you. It's not about you. 
Hey, you want to hear about those stranded Americans? Here's a story. I believe this is from, uh, what, uh, uh, ABC7. Um, about a three-year-old trapped with his family in Afghanistan. But don't worry, they're just part of the 10%. This three-year-old boy was born near Sacramento. His passport shows he is a U.S. citizen, and he's going through a harrowing ordeal right now, unable to escape Afghanistan. We're hiding his identity and that of his father, a social worker, and other family members. Now, we were just told last week by uh, John Kirby and Tony Blinken that all you had to do was go to the airport and they would get you out. That didn't happen. That never happened. ...who are all U.S. permanent residents for fear of them being captured by the Taliban. I received a call uh, Sunday morning at about 6 a.m. from a friend of mine uh, who is a uh, active duty Marine Corps officer stationed overseas. And he basically felt like his hands were tied and he needed some help getting his family out. James Brown is a veterans advocate who's been working since Sunday morning to get the family's safe passage through the Kabul airport to the States. He contacted Representative Jackie Stone. Now, what did, hey, that happened with the three-year-old uh, and, and his family went to the airport? Fear and her staff who jumped into action. They've also made numerous phone calls to the White House, to the Secretary of Defense's office, and to the Secretary of State's office, escalating this family's case all the way to the top for us. Speer wrote a letter to whom it may concern. I believe it is of particular and urgent concern that these individuals she got Congress involved. be allowed to pass through the gate. Armed with that letter, no. the boy, his father, and several other family members approached the airport, but the Taliban attacked. And they were stopped by a Taliban checkpoint, and they received uh, physical beatings at the gate, and they were pushed back where they had to flee and return to a safe house. I spent today funneling questions through our ABC News colleagues in Washington to officials at the White House and State Department. Secretary of State Antony Blinken announced the U.S. Embassy in Kabul will remain closed, and the diplomats will be moved to Doha, Qatar. Yeah, whatever. Uh, I don't want to hear him. I don't want to hear his lousy, stinking voice. We abandoned a billion-dollar embassy over there, by the way. They're a nice piece of real estate. Nice. Piece. You know about John Kirby with the DOD? He says, hey, the Americans get stranded all the time. This this happens. This stranding, stranding, strander, stranderson. It just happens. It's not a biggie. So what does that look like? How does diplomacy get those people out of the Taliban-controlled Afghanistan? It's not completely unlike the way we do it elsewhere around the world. I mean, we have uh, Americans that get stranded in, in, uh, in countries all the time. It happens all the time. And they get stranded, but not stranded by us. Okay, sure, people get stranded. I mean, uh, you ever, uh, what was that, that, uh, that movie, that uh, cliffhanger that uh, uh, Sylvester Stallone was in? You know, people get stranded on mountaintops, too. And it's because they're in a situation where they find themselves stranded. It's not because our government does it. I'm a little wound up today. <laughs> just, I'm a little wound up today. Because you know what? Um, I figured it out. I, I, I figured it out. I figured it out. Joe Biden was losing Afghanistan. And he thought it would be less humiliating to... And, and he would just... He would take the defeat and claim as a victory. And he would leave Americans behind. He would do whatever it takes to be able to say, I got us out by September the 11th before the Taliban could plant their flag showing that they had actually beaten us. And Joe Biden didn't know anything about preventing that from happening. I think I'm breaking some new ground here, people. I think that no other talk show host is saying that this morning. I'll bet you. I'll bet you. This was a big CYA. This, this last-minute pullout was a gigantic CYA. Wow. Wow. 
Hey, I want to mention um, a great sponsor to the show. It's called Physician on a Mission. It's a book by Dr. Uh, Dr. Veltmeyer. Okay, James Veltmeyer offers his prescription for curing the deepening crisis to our American republic. We are, of course, being brutally bombarded by cultural revolutionaries in our media and universities and globalist manipulators in New York, Washington, and Silicon Valley, meaning we're being shut down from being able to express any sort of dissent, whether that, and this will be about Afghanistan. One of the Afghan mothers, uh, Gold Star mothers, was actually taken down from Instagram yesterday when she said that she confronted Joe Biden about her son's death. This book is the antidote to this op-eds and podcasts over the last several years. Uh, and he brings the truth to our of our priceless constitutional framework to liberty-free markets, limited government, to all Americans who are seeking the truth. I think you're going to enjoy this book. Here's a review. As America descends into chaos and lawlessness unleashed by Biden and his merry band of radical leftists, Dr. Veltmeyer's book will enlighten all Americans to what they need to know to do to take their country back. So you can get this on hardcover or paperback, Kindle through Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, Walmart, or just go to physicianonamission.org, physicianonamission.org, physicianonamission, Dr. Veltmeyer's Prescription to Save America, physicianonamission.org. Anthony Blinken promised uh, the end to Afghanistan and it would never uh, become a terrorist uh, haven. Uh, but whatever uh, we end up doing... Um, again, is going to be informed by the thinking of our allies. And uh, tactical decisions aside, we're united with those allies in, uh, in a few things, in, in making sure... Our allies didn't know we were going to pull out, you see. ...sure that um, we, as we move forward, we seek to bring a responsible end uh, to the conflict. Yeah, Here, here's, here's his idea. To remove our troops from, from harm's way. Yeah. Uh, and uh, to ensure that Afghanistan can never again become a haven... Uh, for terrorists that would threaten the United States or uh, any of our allies. That is a gigantic success, according to uh, Joe Biden. What happened is a gigantic success. It is the exact opposite of what they promised. But what happened with the uh, collapse of Afghanistan and the premature pullout, which I wish Joe Biden's father would have done. It's a little joke there. <clears throat> anyway, uh, the premature pullout of our troops before our citizens and then the attempt to cover it up by sending 6,000 troops back into harm's way, 13 of them got blown up. Here is a Jen Saki. You ready for some hot Saki? Being confronted on Joe Biden's angry tone yesterday. And the reason why he has an angry tone is because he's a very old man. And very old men who are frequently demented, they, they get very angry. Uh, see Abe Simpson from The Simpsons for a caricature. Um, we have asked and talked a little bit about the president's mood over the last few days or his, you know, his sense of all of this. A few of us observed he seemed angry at the beginning of the speech today. Uh, who's he mad at? I would say I'll, I'll give you a different assessment of what I saw, uh, which is that he gave a forceful assessment, uh, laid out a forceful case to the American people as to why it was time to wind down a 20-year war. Uh, that and it was filled with lies. Has uh, le led to the loss of thousands of lives. And in his view, and I think he made a firm case of this, it's not in our national security interest to be on the ground anymore. Yeah, the reason why he wanted us pulled out and he did this is because he was losing. He was watching it fall. He told the Afghan president, I need you to keep this under wraps. I know that things are going very badly, but you need to say things are going well. 
The truth is, the country was falling. The Biden administration knew about it. They knew they couldn't do anything about it because they're feckless idiots. And so they decided to pull out prematurely to claim some sort of victory for getting our people out before September the 11th. Unbelievable. Here's Jen Psaki being asked about arming the Taliban, which we did. Are Western interests now more at risk because the Taliban has new access to all this weaponry? Well, again, Peter, I would say that uh, we, uh, the world will be watching. We have an enormous amount of leverage, including... We can write firmly worded letters. ...access to the global marketplace, which is not a small piece of leverage. Not exactly sure what that means, but... ...to the Taliban, who are now overseeing large swaths of Afghanistan. Uh, certainly, our objective was not to leave them with any equipment, but that is not... Well, you certainly failed. Failed, 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 failed. Uh, always an option when you are looking to retrograde and move out of a war zone retrograde out of a war what the hell does that mean uh but that is our clear leverage we have with the taliban and again our capacities uh are over the horizon capacities which by the way killed two isis terrorists just last yeah who are they and uh, what was their position we never got their names you just apparently went after two guys on the on a, one of them on a scooter with the other the other one on the back we can continue to be utilized by our men and women on the ground uh remain in place and remain in place in the region there are other parts of the world you know she is so full of it i su i'm surprised her hair is in a different color <laughs> that's just i won't say anything <clears throat> uh, john kirby says that the the weapons we left behind are worthless the kinds of equipment we're talking about while certainly there's a lethality component to it it doesn't threat it doesn't pose a threat uh, to the united states it doesn't pose a threat uh, to uh, to neighboring nations i mean these are not these are not the kinds of things uh, that the taliban can make great strategic use of well, let's see. The Taliban have 48 aircraft, including American-supplied Blackhawks and A-29 attack planes after Afghan's armies collapsed, left them with more air power than many NATO nations. Uh, and all the other stuff. 24 helicopters, uh, all, all sorts of good, just wonderful stuff. So they are way ahead of them. They certainly can be well defended, if anything. But uh, John Kirby saying, hey, they're worthless. You could just, they're worthless. You can't do anything with those. Yeah, yeah, you can't do it. Here is a Jen Psaki being uh, snipping after uh, uh, the assumption that we had that Afghanistan would not collapse. Um, and we, we were told that it would not. Remember Joe Biden saying it would not. I know the president also said in his speech that that assumption about how long the Afghan government would hold on, how long the military would be able to hold on, he acknowledged that that was a failed assumption. Who is responsible for that assumption? Is the president frustrated with his team at all? for having made that false assumption. We don't have the luxury of being frustrated. Uh, our focus right now is on uh, continuing... And we ain't got time to bleed either. ...to move forward on our diplomatic efforts. We need to move forward uh, past this incredible uh, cluster something so people will forget about it. Uh, and continuing to do everything we can to get our Afghan partners... Okay, here she is. She's talking up. And what does that mean? She's lying about something. She always talks up when she's lying about something. ...and American citizens out and to get Afghans who have fought by our side... Uh, safely Talking settled up. in Talking. the United States and yes. third countries around yes. the world. Go ahead. Yeah. Was that a military assumption, though, or was that an assumption coming from I don't from think the anyone assessed that they would collapse as quickly as they did. Anyone. Anyone in this room, anyone in the region. Schneider, -uh. I don't think so. Not, not, not according to that phone call to the president in July. Yeah, yeah. Oh, here's Jake Sullivan. He's a you know State Department spokesman. Um, and he said that uh, uh, we could possibly end up... I'm sending uh, assistance to the Taliban. We're going to work with the Taliban. Does that include the prospect of giving them aid? 
Well, first of all, we do believe that there is an... Oh, no, Jake, what you do when you get that question here. Let's hear it again. We're going to work with the Taliban. Does that include the prospect of giving them aid? No, it doesn't. Next question. But that's not what he said. Well, first of all, we do believe that there is an important dimension of humanitarian assistance that should go directly to the people of Afghanistan. They- yeah, the people of Afghanistan, because humanitarian assistance could go to the people of Afghanistan, but not to the inhumane terrorists. need help with respect to health and food aid and other forms of subsistence, and we do intend to continue that. Secondly, when it comes to our economic and development assistance relationship with the Taliban, that will be about the Taliban's... The Taliban killed or Al-Qaeda, and then the Taliban provided them safe haven. Uh, 3,000 Americans on September the 11th, 2001. And I'm sure that members of the Taliban, as the president likes to say, were celebrating right alongside them. Actions. It will be about whether they follow through on their commitments, their commitments to safe passage for Americans in Africa. Which uh, did not happen at the, the airport. You, you, you recall the story just a few minutes ago about the three-year-old and his family? Yeah, that no. allies. Their commitment to not allow Afghanistan... You need to be committed. ...stand to be uh, a, a base from which terrorists can attack the United States or any other country. That won't happen. They're just there to... They're just going to adopt puppies and they're going to just have ice cream socials and stuff. Their commitments with respect. Right before they start beheading people. Respect to upholding their international obligations. It's going to be up to them. And and we will wait oh. and see by their actions how we. Oh, this is what happens when you have mindless academics in charge. Uh, Martha Raddatz of ABC News doesn't think that Joe Biden's done a very good job. In fact, she thinks he may have broken some promises. The evacuation occurred because the withdrawal uh, was, they did did not realize the Taliban would take over so quickly. They did not realize the Taliban would fall in 11 days, and that's why you ended up with this chaos. Then why did Joe Biden tell the Afghan president to cover up the fact that the country was being overrun? If you didn't know it was being overrun. That's why you ended up with so many desperate people. Just on July 8th, the president was saying there's going to be no circumstance where you see people being lifted off the roof of an embassy of the United States from Afghanistan. This sounds almost like uh, uh, Martha Raddatz is ready for a breakup because he's been lying to her. And uh, they were clinging to airplanes in those early days. Uh, yeah, and a couple of them fell to their death. He was touting the Afghan forces, saying, I trust the capacity of the Afghan military. The president said they were ready, they were prepared for this, but no one was prepared for 11 days for the Taliban to take over. Uh, the president also. Oh, I think they knew exactly what was going to be happening. And they decided to uh, pull a pullout out of their rear ends to cover a military loss. So promising on July 8th that we can guarantee the safety. And it wouldn't have been because of our forces. It would have been because of their leadership. Of the interpreters. There are thousands of interpreters in Afghanistan right now who are desperate and frightened. Now we call them targets. Uh, And just about a month ago, he told our George Stephanopoulos that he would get all Americans out. They've gotten 90% of those out, and that 10% right now is scared and still does not know exactly how they're going to get Well, that is not a rah-rah for Joe Biden. No, you got a family, 10 family members, you know, you're in uh, wherever, and uh, all of them fall out of a raft, and they're all drowning, and we we can save nine of them. Choose which one, you know, choose which one we aren't going to pick up. Yeah, here's Senator Ron Johnson asking, what planet Joe Biden lives on? For the president to come out and say this is an extraordinary success, I mean, what, what planet is he living on? 
you know, on, on planet Earth, this was... It's like saying a diet was successful if you put on 400 pounds and you wanted to lose 400. ...a abysmal failure. It's just jaw-dropping to see the fantasy world that the president and this administration is uh, living in. Uh, <laughs> this is just beyond jaw-dropping. When you take a look, you, you just reported $90 billion of sophisticated equipment left behind for the Taliban. Uh, we have no idea what the long-term ramifications are in terms of terror. Uh, the fact that uh, we... Well, terrorists usually use weapons to commit acts of terror, so that's probably in there. We really don't know who the people are that they excavated or they evacuated out of uh, Afghanistan. There, was, there were thousands of people that just happened to get into... I was just reminded by someone who I know that uh, the State Department actually told people, Americans, not to come to the airport. Remember that? They told them to come to the airport and then said not to come to the airport, which would meant they had no means of leaving. Kabul airport, they put them on planes and they send them to third countries and now they're sending him to America. When I was in Fort McCoy, uh, I asked the commanding general of the more than a thousand people that he got there, are you... Do you know that they at least have some form of ID? He couldn't tell me that they did. Mm -mm. Spicer and Company on Newsmax, great show, by the way, had Representative Beth Van Doyne, or Doon, I should say, uh, talking about stranded Americans who have uh, approached her. I think it's ridiculous. I think you, you see a president who is not really in tune with reality, is not listening to the director of intelligence. He's really not listening to his military. And the State Department is failing us time and time again. We're getting calls to our office from people who are stranded. And I'm going to use that word. They are stranded in Afghanistan right yeah, now. Yeah, but, you know, John Kirby says we... The Americans get stranded all the time. What? What? Now, these are American citizens who cannot get out. You had a president who promised less than a week ago that he was going to make sure we weren't going to leave until he got them all out, and they're stuck there. Um, and God knows what's going to happen to them. And we need to make sure our priority needs to be right now is making sure that we have all Americans that want to get out of Afghanistan out. And we can't even get the number. I mean, we've heard anywhere between 100 and 200, but that's not including their families. So when you hear that you have Americans there that don't want to leave, that is a lie. They want to leave, but they don't want to abandon their families there. We need to make sure that we're getting them help. Listen, the only reason you wouldn't want to leave Afghanistan is real estate prices are like zero. And to have this deadline this August 31st. It's a Fixer upper, it's made of mud, but uh, honestly, we can do something with it. First deadline that was not forced upon us, that all of a sudden Biden just agreed to. He just then, of course, there are the uh, the the neighbors who are murdery and rapey Taliban. Threw out that number without even figuring out how we were going to do it in an organized fashion it was completely an embarrassment. It was a humiliation, and we need to start building America's credibility back again. But under this administration, it has really it, it, it is. When in our American history has a leader been uh, heralded? for saying uh, we only leave 10% of our people behind. Didn't Barack Obama? We don't leave Americans behind when uh, he rescued the the traitorous Bo Bergdahl by trading Taliban terrorists, generals who one of them uh, actually was in charge of overtaking Kabul. We don't leave Americans behind. That was the, that was the modus operandi to get Bo effing Bergdahl over here after he left the military and joined the Taliban, essentially. No American left behind. Is that the credo or is it 10%? Is it 10%? Under Joe Biden, 10% will be left behind. I don't know. I, I, that doesn't sound like a very brave um, or intelligent response when you consider that the, the duty of the government is to protect American citizens. Yeah. 
Unbelievable. Here's uh, Eric Bowling talking with Eric Trump about uh, Donald Trump and what he did when he wanted uh, terrorists to uh, to cease their military operations. You know, people often talk about peace through strength, right? And that's really how my father, my father didn't get us into any wars. In fact, he's the first president in American history that didn't get America into wars. He didn't believe in it. At the same time, he was the first person to drop a Moab on the top of a mountain and literally take out the entire mountain. The top of the mountain, which was a terrorist. Moab is the mother of all bombs. It is the largest non-nuclear uh, piece of our arsenal, and uh, it really kicks butt. Camp, as you remember, failed to exist. They literally pushed a, you know, a bomb the size of a bus out the back of a cargo plane onto the top of a terrorist camp. And guess what? Korea, North Korea sees that, and Russia sees that, and China sees that. People realize that Donald Trump wasn't playing you know, around. Soleimani. You know, and and, and, they, and they, I, I, don't, I don't mean to interrupt, but I, I think the audience needs to understand. When Biden's going there saying, yeah, but Trump negotiated with the Taliban, this is how he negotiated. And, and I'm not telling anything you don't know. I just want our audience to, yeah, he dropped a Moab, killed 36 36 terrorist cockroaches with one bomb, killed them all at once. He also dropped a bomb on a Syrian airbase when there was Russian military at that airbase saying, you know what, cut the crap with the chemical weapons on your own people. And then the most famous one, I believe, and the one that saved the world, a lot of grief. And Is this the Soleimani curse plat? Strife and death was when he dropped a bomb on, on uh, Soleimani. Oh, yes. And, uh, when Qassam Soleimani was killed, leaving, yeah. leaving Iraq. Trump the senior father wasn't afraid to kill bad guys. This other, this other guy negotiating with bad guys. Eric, final thought. And giving him lots and lots of hardware. Here is Eric Trump saying he wants a refund as far as Joe Biden. I can't even respond to this guy anymore. I mean, I feel like as American, Eric, I want a, I want a refund. We pay 38% federal taxes and we give literally a terrorist organization $86 billion worth of arms. And I think you did a beautiful job. You know, your synopsis was amazing. But think about it, 600,000 arms, 76,000 vehicles. We gave a terrorist organization that three weeks ago was riding around on mopeds, we gave them 76,000. And donkeys, don't forget donkeys. And vehicles, tanks, APCs, up-armored Humvees. We gave them Black Hawk helicopters. We gave them C-130. Those are largely worthless, though, according to John Kirby. Here's Representative Mike Walls talking about uh, Americans being left behind. And now, just an hour ago, literally before walking in here, I'm on the phone, as so many of us have been, congressional offices, with veterans downrange that have buses full of Americans, citizens, green card holders, Legal permanent residents. Yeah, by the way, um, Representative Mike Walls is a Green Beret who served in Afghanistan. Yeah. Our allies that are stuck because they can't get through the bureaucracy at the State Department to get them out. Right. If you can't pull your head out of your butt, how can you pull troops out? Now, through the bureaucracy, people are dying and you all need to do your jobs for accountability. Amen, brother. Here is Representative Andy Biggs yesterday speaking. The person who said the buck stops here, who said more than 20 times, we will not leave any American behind. The person who basically orchestrated the July 2nd evacuation of Bagram without telling Afghanis, we call upon most somberly the resignation of this President Joe Biden. He, he won't do that because he doesn't remember yesterday. That's part of it. That's part of it. Doesn't remember much.
By the way, the uh, House Democrats blocked legislation on Tuesday to rescue Americans stranded in Afghanistan after Joe Biden pulled all U.S. troops from the Taliban-controlled country on Monday. The legislation would have also funded an accounting of the billions of dollars in military arms Joe Biden and the woke U.S. generals left behind for the Taliban. Representative Mike Gallagher uh, slammed House Democrats for blocking the bill. Gallagher's plan would have demanded a plan from the Biden administration to bring America's home. Requesting an accounting of all the equipment left behind require transparency on any deals or agreements made by the Biden administration with the Taliban, prohibit any federal funding or sanctions relief to the Taliban. The Americans who are in Afghanistan right now, unless private citizens take over or somebody takes over the White House other than Joe Biden, are screwed. Shayna Campbell, the mother of a U.S. Marine killed by a Taliban suicide bomber last week, excoriated President Trump, or President Biden, I should say, on social media after meeting him in Dover. She recounted that she met Biden at the Dover airport for a dignified transfer ceremony, said the president tried to talk to her about his son, Bo. She said, basically, you tried to interrupt me and give me your own sob story, and I had to tell you, that isn't, uh, this isn't about you, so don't make it about you. Chappelle also wrote that Biden grew uh, frustrated with her as she continued talking to him uh, she, in, her, in her piece that she wrote on social media. You then rolled your effing eyes in your, your head like you were annoyed with me. And I let you know that the reason why I was talking to you was out of respect for my son. She said uh, Biden turned away and threw his hand up uh, behind him as they continued to speak. Here's what she wrote again. You turned to walk away and I let you know my son's blood was on your hands and you threw your hand up behind you as you walked away like you were saying, okay, whatever. She was removed from Instagram for that post. Facebook is owned by Instagram, and now they're saying, oops, that was an accident. Sorry. Oh, sorry, sorry. We incorrectly deleted her account. And they had to cover their butts by saying, we express our deepest condolences to Miss Chappelle and her family. Her tribute to heroic son does not violate any of our policies, except for cheerleading for Joe Biden, which, you know, is the main goal. While the post was not removed, her account was incorrectly deleted, and we have since restored it. Yeah, that's it, sure. National report ad Rob O'Neill. He's the guy who killed uh, Osama bin Laden on talking about the Afghan withdrawal. Looking at uh, one of al-Qaeda's number one guys being escorted in by the Taliban and kind of tells you they're still hand in glove with each other. And um, listening to this book report read by President Biden, I'm not sure if he was, I don't know if he kept reading the same thing or he was just confused because he's trying to convince himself of something that he did right. I mean, he's not wrong that we don't want to fight uh, an endless war, but we weren't fighting an endless war. Yes, there were mistakes made along the way, but that happens everywhere. The biggest mistake that was made is when he either took bad advice or just made his own bad decisions to ditch Bagram Airfield. Everyone knows that. That along with seven, I think, total bases. Ditch him, get the military out. And then it, it seems simple to me that even if you have uh, Afghan locals and, and they're trying to reach the State Department and all they get is voicemails, and then on the voicemail it says, just reach out to the State Department. They couldn't reach their reps in the State <laughs> Department because they were all gone. Everyone that should have been there left first. and then uh, We'll get you guys out. Yeah. No, they didn't. They actually put up all sorts of uh, barriers in front of them. We have uh, Americans, Afghans, their families, all there trapped. And even right now, when the last um, uh, American got off the battlefield, now we can finally say, okay, maybe they're trapped. 
Unbelievable. Uh, this is a fascinating piece. Glenn Beck talked to um, Sean Spicer. Glenn has uh, been doing some uh, wonderful things with his charity to get uh, to get people legitimately out of Afghanistan. I want you to listen. I'm not going to uh, interrupt much of this because it's it's pretty powerful stuff from a guy who's on the front lines. Uh, let me tell you something. There are thousands of Americans that have been left behind. Thousands of Americans. I know because we get the request to help get them out. Um, it, 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 Our State Department says there's only 100. And so do all of the people we're working with. We're working with a, a coalition. Um, we just happen to have the access to the airplanes, but there's a lot of people besides us that are getting people out, and we're all working together. And the State Department and the White House are the biggest threat on the same scale, I believe, as the Taliban. Um, they, the Taliban won't let you get through wow. the gates, but neither will the State Department. Wow. The State Department has canceled uh, our flights over and over and over again. Um, we, we'll have, we, we at one point had seven planes on the tarmac ready to go, loaded, everything ready. The State Department canceled them. We had planes coming in to land with people on the ground ready to be loaded. The State Department canceled our, our uh, flight. Uh, Why the hell did they do that? Um, uh, uh, permission to land. Um, and Glenn, they, did they give you a reason? No, no, uh, no. They've also, I just talked to somebody today in Zimbabwe this morning, about five o'clock this morning. I was on the phone. We're trying to set up uh, other countries because we had countries. In Listen to this. Including some of our closest allies. And the State Department has called the prime minister or the ambassadors of those countries. This morning, I was on the phone with Zimbabwe, and the guy who I was speaking to happened to know the uh, prime minister, I think, of um, Albania. And Albania was one that we had set up to take. It's a great place for them to go. What happens? We don't know. We're getting ready to transfer them from one airport to Albania. And our State Department calls the prime minister and says, do not take any of these refugees. Why? Why? I'd like to know why. The American would like to know why. Grant Stinchfield talked to Representative Barry Loudermilk about uh, how we can... I guess, label what happened in Afghanistan. When I served in the military, uh, it was pretty standard practice that if you suffered an, a loss like we have here because of bad command decisions, whether they come from the White House or anywhere, it was pretty much standard you offered your resignation when you have this type of defeat. And we have been defeated because we took on an operation that I consider tuck, tell and run. We quit a war. We didn't win the but Joe Biden thought this would be a victory because defeat was coming with him as leader. Uh, a military defeat was coming because of his poor judgment and the people who work under him in the Pentagon. War. We quit the war. We walked away from the war. And the Taliban's still going to continue the war on. ISIS is going to continue. So is uh, uh, Al Qaeda. They're going to continue this war against America, no doubt about it. And we just walked away from it. Unbelievable. Another thing you'll notice is that once the president or now the secretary of state or whoever speaks, as soon as they're done, they leave without any questions and leave their spokespeople to clean up the mess. The president delivering a speech, a teleprompter speech, but then he won't take any questions from the press. 
when it's such an important matter, such an important policy matter, you don't just send out your press secretary. Right. It is the responsibility and the duty of the President of the United States to answer the tough questions, and he has turned his back time and time again. We also saw this with the Secretary of State uh, yesterday, also gave a speech, turned his back, did not answer any of the tough questions. Mm -hmm. And I got to tell you, this is creating a lot of frustration, I think, with the press corps not being able to get their questions answered by the commander in chief. Yeah, yeah, it's causing a lot of frustration with the press corps and it's pissing off the rest of us. How's that sound? How's that sound, kids? Got a couple stories I want to do before we uh, before we go today. I know we've been very Afghanistan heavy because it is the biggest foreign policy crisis the country has seen in uh, my lifetime anyway. There's a Florida restaurant owner who's decided that if you voted for Joe Biden or you support him, um, we don't want you to dine with us anymore. That's right, Luann. It is staying up for now. And the owner says she's not worried about losing customers. She's worried about losing more lives in Afghanistan. This is the sign making people do a double take as they pass the DeBerry Diner. It says, quote, if you voted for and continue to support and stand behind the worthless, inept and corrupt administration currently inhabiting the White House that is complicit in the death of our servicemen and women in Afghanistan, please take your business elsewhere. It was the only thing I, I felt like I can do. Restaurant owner Angie Ugardi says she posted the message the same day 13 service members were killed in Afghanistan. I was just angry. I was um, just let down. I felt if a restaurant said we don't want Trump supporters, I would say okay, I'll go somewhere else. But if you you know this in this report, you see all of these uh, Navy, Army, all of these emblems, uh, pictures of heroes on the walls, and I understand why this woman decided to say no. If you support this person in the White House, uh, go eat somewhere else. Like one of those mothers or wives or sisters who were going to get that that knock on the door. Ugardi, who's been running the DeBerry Diner for about five years, says a lot of her regular customers are vets. They um, have coffee every morning. She has an entire wall in the diner dedicated to members of the military. She blames President Joe Biden's administration for the recent deaths in the Middle East. If you really, really still stand behind what's allowed this to happen in the way that it has happened, which was unnecessary, then I really, really don't don't want to be associated with you in any way. Not even take out. No, nothing for you. Get out. GT. Bleepo. All right. Uh, finally, before I go, this is pretty funny. This is this is something as, as somebody who's been in uh, radio for a number of years. I also was a 14-year-old boy at one point. Uh, prank phone calls. Uh, we used to do them. You know, it wasn't anything vicious or anything. Uh, you'd call and say, is your refrigerator running? That was an old one from like the 50s before I was born. But anyway, and we better get it. You know, that kind of thing. Um, well, a, a school board was uh, was pranked. The Henrico school board was pranked on Thursday when someone registered a list of joke names to be called to speak at the public meeting. The fact that the guy who is uh, reading these names did not recognize uh, the Reverend Dr. Roscoe D. Cooper didn't recognize the name Phil McCracken as a prank name shows that he's been living under a rock it'd be like uh, you know uh, saying uh, hey could you pay more page uh, see more butts or uh uh alcoholic 
You know those. Here's uh, here's the 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 role being read and the clueless reverend not knowing about the names he was about to read. You guys work for us in 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 this uh, environment. You answer to us, and I'm asking that you do not pass this policy. That sounds great. Let's move on to the next other next people here on this list in Virginia. Thank you so in much, Ms. Thomas. We here, do here. appreciate you. All right, here we go. Phil McCracken. Phil McCracken? No, Phil McCracken here. Sulk, Suk, Mahidik. Suk, Mahidik. Ophelia McHawk. Ophelia McHawk. Eileen Dover. Eileen Dover. Eileen Dover. Eileen Dover's not here. Is Ben Dover here? Her husband, Ben Dover. Don Kiddick. Donkey, you know what? Don <laughs> he Kiddick. doesn't get it. He doesn't get it. Wayne Kerr. Wanker. <laughs> Wayne Kerr. He never he never got it. Oh my lord! Wow, that is that is a much needed laugh, kids. How about how are you feeling about that? That that bravo, bravo, absolutely spicked. And he didn't get it. He didn't get it. And teenage and junior high boys are going. That guy is so stupid. He didn't get Phil McCracken. That's spectacular. I want to thank you for joining me today, guys. It has been a real pleasure to, uh, to to talk to you. And today is Wednesday. Tonight I'll be on with um, oh, Cortez and Pellegrino. I'm going to be on at uh, 9.45 Eastern Time. 9.45 Eastern Time is when I will be on Port, uh, Cortez and Pellegrino. And I'm not even sure what we're talking about yet, but I'm looking forward to it. So if you get a chance to also um, check out this book, um, Physician on a Mission, Dr. Veltmeyer's Prescription to Save America. It is available on hardcover, paperback, Kindle, uh, Barnes & Noble, Target, Wal- uh, Walmart, I should say. Uh, just go to physiciansonamission.org if you'd like to read this uh, series of articles, pieces, raves um, that could help you give a prescription to uh, get a prescription to saving the country. All right. Have a glorious day. I think we made some headway today. I think we realized why this was all, why this all happened, why this uh, this nonsense happened. It's because Joe Biden was doing some CYA for what was a march toward Kabul by the Taliban that Joe Biden was absolutely unequipped to deal with. When Joe Biden, or when, when Donald Trump was confronted by the rise of ISIS, he put it out like a cigarette butt under his heel. That's what he did. When Soleimani, he was talking about a plot to blow up U.S. embassies. Uh, Donald Trump found out he was going to be at the Baghdad airport and made him into, uh, what was the word yesterday? Uh, Pico de Gallo. Yeah. That's my theory. I'd love to know your thoughts. You can write me on social media. I'm on Getter. Uh, I am on Facebook, Twitch, or Twitter. Um, I am on uh, Magabook. If you want to write me there, that's fine. But that's my, that's my theory. I think the President of the United States was trying to cover a super disaster with a another disaster 
So have a glorious day, guys. God bless our uh, service members, Gold Star families, uh, service members uh, alive and past, our police officers, first responders. Uh, and, if, and of course, you. Yeah, let's not forget you guys. Okay. Um, thanks for listening. And until tomorrow, do not catch the stupid. Thanks for listening to the Newsmax Daily with Rob Carson. Check your cable guide or NewsmaxTV.com. Or watch free on YouTube, Roku, Apple, Pluto, Zumo, Amazon Fire, and your smart TV. Newsmax, America's fastest growing cable news channel. Check NewsmaxTV.com for details.